Today will be our third and final scripture snack on Isaiah chapter 55, and the title of the scripture snack is, When Preaching Seems Pointless. Now, when I use this word preaching here, I'm not just referring to a pastor preaching to a gathered congregation on a given Sunday morning, or maybe um, in like manner, like you would think of the word preaching being used in a similar context. But when I talk about preaching, I'm just talking about proclaiming God's word faithfully. That could be when you're ministering to somebody sitting next to you on an uh, an airplane, um, or when you're sitting next to somebody uh, in a bus somewhere, and you proclaim God's word faithfully to that person. That's also a form of preaching. Or even when you have to preach to yourself in the morning before you even get out of bed, that is preaching as well. Whenever you proclaim God's word faithfully, that's what I'm referring to when I am referring to the word preaching here. I would, I would put proclaiming God's word here when proclaiming God's word seems faithless, but it's too wordy and preaching gets to the point a little bit quicker. So that's what I'm referring to when I use the word preaching here in this session. So back to our text from Isaiah chapter 55, we already looked at verses 6 and 7, and we looked at verse 8 for part 1 of our series here on Isaiah 55, so you can go back and look at those videos uh, for reference. But I would like to finish our series here um, looking closer at verses 9, 10, and 11, which say this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to be empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. And I've got three comments on these three verses that I would like us to look at here. And the first comment is this. God is not aloof to mankind, or God is not distant from mankind. In other words, God cares about mankind. And it's manifested by the way that he ministers to mankind through his word that he gives to mankind. Now notice in verse 9 here, it says this, As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Now, if you just stopped at verse 9 and the chapter was over and scripture was silent on this issue, then we might be in trouble because God seems to be aloof from his creation because the heavens are higher than the earth and his ways are higher than ours and his thoughts are higher than ours. We're out of luck here. But the passage does not stop there. In verse 10, it says, as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, come down from heaven, the exact same place where God is uh, dwelling in his fullness and glory, that's where his word is coming down from. The rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return to the earth without watering the earth, making it bud and flourish. So is my word that comes from my mouth. God has given us his word from heaven that helps us to flourish here in this life. Jesus says in John chapter 10, verse 10, that he has come to give us life and life abundantly. And how we experience that flourishment and that abundance of life is through conforming our lives to his word and obeying his commands. That's when we experience true human flourishment. It's not through self-help books. It's through adhering God's word and submitting our lives 
to the lordship of Jesus Christ made manifest in his word. That's how we experience true budding and flourishment and abundance of life. God is not aloof to his creation. He has given us everything that we need for life and godliness. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Everything that we need for flourishment of life and true godliness here on this side of glory, God has given to us through his word. As 2 Peter 1, 3 says, through the knowledge of him who has called us to his own glory and excellence. Through knowledge of his word, through knowledge of what he has revealed to us from what he has sent down from heaven in the form of his word, we will be able to experience true life and true godliness through his word. And the second comment that I'd like to make on this passage is this. When we preach, our mouth becomes God's mouth. Our mouth quite literally becomes God's mouth. Verse 10 says that as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth, make it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Well, beloved, most people are not going to read God's word just because they want to read God's word. They are going to hear God's word through God's preachers or proclaimers of God's word. That is, first and foremost, how most people will hear God's word. Because the Bible is an intimidating book to open up. And it's a big book. It's a fat doorstop of a book. And that in and of itself keeps people from opening it. And God, in his loving kindness towards his creation, he knows this. He knows that it's, it's a large book and it's difficult to read and to understand. But he has given gifted preachers and gifted people who can understand God's word and proclaim it faithfully so that his word will not return void when people preach it. God has ordained that people proclaim God's word so that people can hear God's word without even necessarily having to read it. And of course, we we love reading God's word and, and that's the ultimate goal is to get people to read God's word on their own. But oftentimes it comes through people who proclaim God's word to, to get their feet wet in God's word before they even want to read it wholesale on their own. And the book of Romans chapter 10, Paul um, supports this point when he says, how then can they call on the one who they have not believed in, namely Jesus? How can they call on Jesus? How can they believe in Jesus? How can they even believe in the one of whom they have not heard of, he continues. They've not even heard of Jesus. And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? How can they hear without somebody preaching to them? And God in his grace to his creation and the people that he's created in his image, he has created preachers and he's created Christians who love God's word and, and study God's word so that they can go out and preach to people and proclaim God's word to people so that they can hear about God and his word and about the hope that is contained within Jesus Christ. So our job as Christians is to be preachers of God's word. Whether we feel like we're gifted with it or not, our job is to at least Proclaim it as best we can because God will bring people to salvation through our words because our words quite literally become God's words when we speak them boldly and faithfully and joyfully because our words then carry the very weight of the word of God. And my third and final observation is this. God's purpose will be done whenever we preach. His purpose will be done whenever we preach. This is an encouragement for me 
um, as a pastor in particular, because I have the opportunity and the blessing and the privilege to be able to preach God's word often. And sometimes I leave the room uh, uh, or the youth room or when I'm preaching to uh, family members, friends, whatever, sometimes I leave and I just think, man, that was a total failure. I, I, I don't see fruit in the, the people's lives that I'm proclaiming God's word to, and I just feel like an absolute failure, and um, it gets really discouraging at times, and it makes you not want to proclaim God's word any longer. But God promises us that his purpose will be done whenever we preach, not even our own purpose, but his purpose will be done whenever we preach. If it were up to me and my purposes and my desires, I wish 10 million people were watching this video right now. <laughs> but that's just not the reality. Because his thoughts are higher than our thoughts, and his ways are higher than our ways. And he's the one that's ultimately in control uh, of who he grants repentance to. And that's not ultimately up to us. Because his word that goes forth from his mouth, it will not return to him empty or void, but it will accomplish what he desires and achieve the purpose for which he sent it. Not the purpose that we desire, that we sent it oftentimes. But we can rest easy tonight knowing that God's purpose will be done whenever we do preach. Even if it's for our own sanctification or for our own godliness or for our own righteousness. And not even for the person that is hearing our preaching or our proclaiming of God's word. We don't know what God's purpose is when his word is proclaimed faithfully. We don't know that. But we must know that no purpose of God's can be thwarted as he says in Job 42, verse 2. No purpose of God's can be thwarted because his purpose is done whenever we preach. It will accomplish whatever he desires for it and it will achieve the purpose for which he sent it. And we don't know what that purpose is or what that desire is or why he has sent these words to the people that we are proclaiming them to. We don't know those things, but our job is to just proclaim God's word and to be his mouthpiece to the people that he has placed us around. Our job is faithfulness. God will take care of the fruitfulness, but our job is to be faithful and to proclaim God's word and let him do the rest. And Jesus seconds this notion throughout his ministry when he frequently says after a difficult teaching or a hard word that he knows not everybody who hears will be responding positively to. He knows that much of the things that he will be saying, people will walk away from as soon as he has done, as soon as he has done proclaiming that word. He knows that the things that he is preaching are difficult things to hear. But he says this oftentimes throughout his ministry. He says, whoever has ears, let them hear. Whoever has ears, let them hear. In other words, whoever responds positively, whoever will respond positively to the teaching that I'm about to give them, they will respond positively to the words that I am about to preach to them or the words that I've just have preached to them. Because I know that the words of my father, they will accomplish what he desires in the people that he desires it to be accomplished in. And the purpose for which God is sending the word, it will be achieved in the people that God has sent the word to be preached to. Whoever has ears, they will hear. They will respond positively. God will grant repentance to the people that he wants to grant repentance to when we preach his word. God's word reaches the ear hairs of many people here on earth, but not everybody responds positively. God has to give them the ears to hear. And how God does that is through the preaching of his word. He grants repentance to his elect people through the preaching of his word. That's how he brings people to glory. 
we get to participate in that glory. We get to become God's mouthpiece, quite literally. And God brings people to glory in salvation through our words. And that is a weighty task. But we get to be free to proclaim God's word. Free to the extent of being able to sleep well at night, knowing that God's word will not return void. And all we have to do is faithfully proclaim it. And that is a pretty cool opportunity that we have as his children.